0: is the heat okay or do we need to turn it down? You guys alright? right? heat's okay? So Google tells me there are 2.2 billion Christians in the world and many of these people will flood into churches in the next few weeks because they profess to believe God is in a manger. Many of these people only come to church once or twice a year or if it fits in their schedule or if it's convenient for them. We know that many if not most of these kinds of people are not true believers. We know that they can't be true believers. Because if you really believe God is in a manger, everything changes. Amen? Everything changes. There's not one thing in your life that will not change or begin to change when you meet Jesus Christ. It's the Christmas story. And I'll use that word. Uh, It's a word that we can use. Obviously, it's not a biblical word, but it's a word that we can adopt for these purposes. It's what you see in the Christmas story you see changed lives in the Christmas story. And then you see it all the way through the New Testament. So I'll stop and ask you, do you really believe God is in a manger? I can tell you how you know. You'll know if you really believe it. Because everything's changed. You don't think like the world anymore. You don't love the things the world loves anymore. Your affections have changed. Your direction has changed. You are so in love with Christ, sometimes you feel like you might explode. Amen? Amen? And you just want to go deeper. Whatever that means, Lord, I just want to go deeper with you. Even if it's hard, I want to go deeper. It's the story of Christmas. The angel shows up and just God invades Mary's life with, with the angel, right? She's just minding her own business. God invades her life with some troubling news. In fact, the text says she was greatly troubled. You're going to have a son, the angel said. And do you remember what Mary said? I think we read it in the text earlier. I think Kenneth read it. Even though this thing is fraught with peril for her, can you imagine her? Can you, can you imagine the questions in her mind? These are seri- there are serious implications here what God is calling her to do and be serious implications hey, listen If you call yourself a Christian don't ever think God won't call you to something that has serious implications he's always going to pull you out of your comfort zone he's always going to pull you out it's what God does he wants you outside your comfort zone so you'll exercise faith in him which I love what Mary says Mary says be it done to me according to your word amen can you confess that tonight Do you really believe God's in a manger? If you believe God's in a manger, you can confess with Mary, oh God, do whatever you want in me. You can have me. I'm yours. I'm all yours. Right? I love the story of Mary. Same thing with Joseph. This is a weird deal for Joseph. This is just strange. There's there's a lot of complications here. You remember what Joseph said? Well, actually, Matthew one twenty four. The Bible says, Joseph did all the Lord commanded. You can know. If you really believe God's in the manger, you can know. You can know. Because you will do all that the Lord commands. Now, we, I say it all the time. We're not perfectionists in here. None of us are perfect. But we're, we're moving on with God in our sanctification. Amen? We're moving on with God. We are going on with God. you got to love the shepherds too. The shepherds, the text says, they went straight to Jesus. They went in haste to find Jesus. They were giving testimony and glorifying and praising God. That's how you know if you really believe. You say, Jim, I don't see any of that in my life. Well, I'm going to say to you, you may not really believe that's God in a manger. You may just be playing religion. And I hope to exhort you tonight to stop playing religion with God and get serious with Jesus Christ. Be like Mary. Be like Joseph. Be like the shepherds. And be like the Magi. These guys traveled 800 to 1,000 kilometers. That was a huge deal in that day and age. And you remember, they came rejoicing with exceeding great joy. Always the hallmark of true conversion. You can know if you know the God in the manger, you can know because you're like the Magi. <laughs> There's exceeding great joy in my heart. I was a sinner. I was an enemy of God. And now I'm reconciled. Amen? Now it's a done deal. Now my inheritance is secure. Now I'll be with God forever. These guys, you couldn't dissuade them and they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. We just see this extravagant worship. It's, it's what real believers do. They extravagantly worship Christ. You know, you don't need a calculator to worship Christ. You know, you, you just extravagantly worship Him. It's what we see with the Magi. The Christmas story is about God becoming a man. The, the technical word is incarnation. It's about the incarnation, but I've always loved to preach on Christmas, it's about another incarnation. Who knows the second incarnation involved in the Christmas story? Obviously, God, uh, the Son of God becoming flesh, that is the, the principal incarnation. What's the second incarnation? Anybody remember? Some of you have heard me preach this before, probably. I always say the same thing at Christmas. It's about you incarnating the Word. Jesus is the Word incarnate, but if you really believe Jesus is the Word incarnate, you'll incarnate the Word, right? It's what real believers do. Real believers do the Word of God. Again, not perfectly, but it's our our heart's desire and mission to do the Word of God. We are Word doers. We incarnate the Word. Do you believe God's in a manger? You'll be a Word doer. That's how you know. You really believe it. It's not just dogma. It's not just doctrine to you. Sometimes I hear guys say, Wow, that guy was radically converted. Have you heard this before? That guy was radical. That, that girl was radically converted. Listen, every conversion is radical. Amen. Everyone is radical. They're always radical because you go from being dead to being alive. There's nothing more radical than that. You go from being blind to being able to see. You go from being an enemy of God to an adopted child of God. It doesn't get any more radical than that. So every conversion is radical. That's how you know if you really believe. Your conversion is radical. And you love Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Nothing else can come close to comparing the love that you have for Him. Second Corinthians 5.17 This is how you know. This is how you know if you really believe God is in a manger. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. We see it in Mary's life, Joseph's life, the shepherd's life, and the Magi's life. They believed God was in the manger and everything changed for them. Everything changed for them. God says the Word was made flesh and then God says My children will flesh out My Word. It's the New Testament. It's just the New Testament. Just read it. (laughs) Just read it for yourself. If you really believe God's in a manger, you will live every day trusting and loving and obeying and worshiping Jesus Christ. It's what Christmas means, rightly understood. That's what Christmas means. It's what Helen and Shaheen are saying tonight as they come to follow Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. They are declaring to you and to the whole world that Jesus is God and nobody else is. They are confessing that by God's grace and the work of the Holy Spirit, they have been enabled to repent of their sin and place their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They are confessing that through His finished work on the cross, they are saved from their own sin and their own rebellion against God. They are confessing that their salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. And let me just insert, salvation, uh, uh, baptism does not save... I, just, I don't want anybody to be confused. Baptism doesn't save anybody. You can do a thousand... Religious ordinances, if you want. It doesn't save anybody. Jesus told Nicodemus, You must be born again. God saves his people. We do this because he's commanded it. This doesn't save me or anyone else. Just want to make sure there is no confusion about that. Helen and Shaheen are confessing that they've been born again, that the old things have. Passed away and the new things have come. In joyful love and happy obedience, they are now His disciples. This is one thing I always ask people. Are you His disciple? Are you His disciple? Do you see yourself as, as, uh, do you see yourself as His disciple? Jesus doesn't call anybody to be a church member. Find it for me in the Bible. I'll change my, I'll change my, uh, my, uh, my sermon. What does He call us to, beloved? What does He call us to? Discipleship. Follow me. That's how you know. That's how you know if you really believe God's in a manger, you will follow Him. You will be, you'll, you'll be one of His sheep and you will be following Him. Now, very briefly, let me just say a few words about baptism. Uh, first, as all of you know, um, Jesus Himself was baptized. Of course, Jesus didn't need to repent of His sin and be baptized in the same sense that we are called To be baptized. He, of course, was the sinless son of God, but you may remember what he said to John the Baptist as John the Baptist protested. Jesus said, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is one thing all Christians, all true believers, do. They fulfill all righteousness in following Jesus Christ in baptism. So, we're following the example of Jesus. As you know, Jesus sanctioned baptism. His disciples uh, baptized many. John 4, verses 1 and 2. Jesus was baptized. He sanctioned baptism. He commands baptism. You know the Great Commission. Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. The apostles and the New Testament church practice baptism. It's the commandment of God. It's why we do it. It's not man's idea. It's not even the church's idea. It's God's idea. Baptism is God's idea. It's the great God ordained, God sanctioned, God commanded celebration of what God has done in the hearts of His people. It's an outward expression of the inward reality. I've been born again. Of course, I'll follow the Lord in baptism. Of course I will. You can't stop me, right? (laughs) You can't stop me. That's how it is with a true believer. So why do we practice full immersion? Why do we have this pool of water here? Well, if you actually read the Bible, you realize this is what it says on the pages of Scripture. It's just what it says. Uh, You have to, you know, try not to find it, not to find it. In fact, it it perfectly mirrors Romans 6, 4, and 5. Let me just read that to you. It's a picture of our spiritual immersion into Jesus. Therefore, we have been buried with Jesus Christ through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life for if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also uh, be in the likeness of His resurrection. Immersion is a perfect mirror of this word picture. We go down into death, we come up in resurre- re- resurrection life. It's, uh, God couldn't have been more clear. In fact, this was the universal practice until the 14th century. So, that's why we immersed so lastly who should be baptized who should be baptized what does the bible say who should be baptized i just read it from uh matthew 28 who should be baptized disciples that's it nobody else gets to be baptized only disciples nobody else and we know that in these last days that there's much error in this regard Disciples. I'm going to read it to you again. Matthew 28, 19-20. Go, therefore, make disciples, that's first, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So, who does Jesus say should be baptized? It's those who have fallen in love with Him and those who will walk with Him, those who will obey Him until their last Breath. that's what the Lord says. It's the kind of baptism I'm talking about when we take communion. It's believer's baptism. I have repented of my sin. I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ that He is my Savior and I am His disciple. It's the kind of baptism that I'm talking about when we talk about conversion. So if you ask me, and I'm done, if you ask me, what was the decisive public way of taking a stand for Jesus in the first century? The answer was baptism. The answer is still the same in the 21st century. It's baptism. I'm, I, I like my favorite preacher on the stage, John Piper. I love what he says. Baptism. Fully emergent baptism. It's giving yourself head to toe. (laughs) It's just giving yourself head to toe. Um, It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. So if you've been born again, if you've repented of your sins and received Christ as your Lord and Savior and have not followed Christ in baptism since that time, regardless of whatever religious ceremonies you were involved in as an infant or a child, I exhort you to present yourself for baptism. It's what the Lord commands. If you are a disciple, it's what the Lord has commanded. It's not a denominational thing. It's not man's idea. It's God's idea. It's what Helen and Shaheen are doing tonight. So we're going to hear from our two candidates. Um, Shaheen, would you come and, and just share with us?